You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show. I'm Adam Bayfield and joining me on the line is Tony Kerr. Hi there, Adam. Tony, it's been a, a tough week in the cricketing world. Uh, after the the death of Philip Hughes on Thursday, I'm sure obviously everyone is aware of what happened. Um, it was at the crease in a domestic game, a Sheffield Shield game, early last week when he was hit by a bouncer at the top of his neck, just below the helmet, and he was knocked unconscious and and never regained consciousness. He he died in hospital two days later. So obviously a a, a, a enormous tragedy, uh, and you know the cricketing world has kind of stopped over the last week. Um, as people try to come to terms with it, I mean, it's it's been a, a distressing few days, Dane, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, kind of incomprehensibly sad, really. And, uh, yeah, straight, a very strange week because when when the incident happened, obviously it, it appeared very serious from the moment. But you know, not not at one stage really. I, I personally did I think that Philip Hughes wouldn't pull through. I guess it's one of the maybe slightly influenced by things that have had, you know, other, you know, Jules Bianchi, someone like that, you know, you, you don't imagine that, you know, you imagine that, you, you imagined that it would, it would get better. Yeah, or Michael Schumacher, you sort of think, well, if, if Michael Schumacher can just about come through after a, you know, skiing accident where he's travelling at vast speeds or whatever, you think someone getting hit by a cricket ball, you, you just thought, well, he must pull through, surely. Yeah, exactly. It did, didn't for one, for one moment think that it would, would end like that and, uh, and so quickly as well. No, I mean it was totally shocking. Totally shocking. I mean, I, I've been knocked sideways by it, Tane. I mean, to describe it as grief would obviously be a, an insult to his family and friends and teammates who really are grieving. But I have found the whole thing deeply upsetting. Actually, it's all I can think about this week. I think it's really affected a lot of cricket fans. Actually, just sort of you know reading things on the internet and listening to people talk about it and messages that we've had from listeners. You know, I think it, it really has. As you say, it's been so shocking, and I think a lot of people have been very, very upset by it. Yeah, uh, yeah, be, far beyond cricket as well. And fortunately, such things are very rare, aren't they? You know, things like these kind of tragedies occurring in sport, particularly on the sports field. Uh, you, you know, you think of other other sportsmen who've you know who've, who've suffered very serious kind of medical instances during sport, perhaps in football. You know, someone like Fabrice Maramba, but that that's kind of a personal health. Issue wasn't it, but to actually have an incident like this where the actual act of the sport has resulted in something like this uh, kind of changes everything in a way. Yeah, especially in cricket, where that's not something that you think could happen. I mean, it, it, there are some sports, extreme sports, where there is a much greater element of risk, and although you're still not expecting it, and it's still incredibly upsetting and shocking. You know, something like snowboarding. You know, people do occasionally die doing that because it, there is a larger element of danger but you just don't expect someone to die on the cricket field it just it's not supposed to happen so while it's always sad when a cricketer dies I mean I remember being very very sad when Ben Holyoke died I was much younger then but I, I, I remember being very sad about that I was sad when Tom Maynard died last year but you know both of them died in accidents away from the cricket field 
And while that is obviously still devastating, you do kind of understand that people do die in accidents, unfortunately. But people don't die playing cricket, as I say, and, and it's just been the most horrendous few days. Like, I found it really, really hard to, you know, come to terms with. I mean, he always seemed like a, a really nice bloke, Phil Hughes, and uh, people have been emailing in and saying that, you know, he, he always seemed really genuine. He didn't have a lot of stuff around him that maybe some other players have, some other Australian players in particular. You know, people were always very fond of Phil Hughes from right at the start of his career, and certainly from what people have been saying about him um, in the aftermath, you know, it does seem like he was a really, really nice guy. But also, I just think when a cricket player dies, particularly like this, it does touch cricket fans personally because, you know, like for me, as someone who spends an arguably irresponsible amount of time watching cricket, you can't not feel some kind of connection with the players. And just the idea that Phil Hughes isn't around anymore, that he's never going to, you know, appear in the Australian team again, is bizarre. It's very, very sad. And it's also difficult to understand, if you like. And it's it's ultimately, it comes down to the fact that that death is rubbish. <laughs> like, it's... Sam Harris says that death is unacceptable and it's true it's just not acceptable death is shit quite frankly and Phil Hughes dying just really brings home how shit it is I think yeah uh, the, 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 yeah there's so much there's so much right. the, the, the reaction has been has been amazing understandably so uh, in some regards but in, in others as well it's kind of it's it's such a cliche you know there, there are some times when uh, well known people die and Sometimes I, I personally find it surprising the, the kind of how people react to it. But actually, with this happening, it, yeah, I think it, it's the you know the circumstances as, as much as anything are, are just have just shocked people. Yeah, I agree. And you know, so when a famous actor does, I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman dying last year is obviously very very shocking and you know obviously incredibly sad. But it doesn't necessarily personally affect me in the way that this has. But like I say, I think it is that thing of I'm just so obsessed with cricket that it, it makes it seem so much more real when someone from that sphere of my life, you know, when it happens to someone there, um, because I just feel so much more kind of personally connected to those people. And yeah, as you say, in the way in which it happened as well is just, well, it's, it's just hard to, hard to get your head around. In some respects, now... Now that something like this has happened, it's it's almost amazing that it hasn't happened more frequently. But it kind of just illustrates how much of a freak tragedy it is. That it's I mean, what, I think that the surgeon didn't describe it as a, a one in a billion occurrence. I mean, it it just so implausibly unlucky. Yeah, I mean, what actually happened is that it hit him, you know, in a very very specific part of his neck. Um, that caused the artery to split and that you know kind of flooded his brain. I mean, there there have been calls in the wake of this for some kind of review on helmet safety. NASA Hussein's been quite outspoken about it. What do you think about that though? I mean, as you say, it is it is so so improbable that it would happen, but it has happened. I suppose it would be strange and negligent if they weren't to at least look at it. I mean, if they can find a way to improve the design to make sure that that part of the body is protected, however unlikely that it just couldn't happen anymore. I suppose they ought to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I, I don't see how this incident won't affect all cricket for quite a long time. Cricket has, at times, yeah, it is at times an aggressive sport and, and you know, bowlers 
it's an accepted thing that bowlers, uh, you know, one of their kind of one of their tools is aggression and you know the kind of physical bullying. But you, you just can't, I can't see can't see anyone wanting to to chuck down you know a heavy ball with anger anymore. It just I can't see it happening for a little while. So it's going to change. It will change the sport surely. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I don't really like the expression. It puts cricket into perspective, or you know, puts whatever in perspective. But this does put cricket in perspective, and just you know, it, you can see that the players in the in the Pakistan New Zealand Test this week, you know, they're there and they're playing and they're kind of going through the motions, but their their hearts not in it at all. And I don't know how long it will take for that to change. But really, that the whole cricketing landscape has altered fundamentally and the players are obviously very shaken up and rightly so but you know I I do think as you say ultimately it should be kept in mind just how unlucky Phil Hughes was it obviously doesn't make it any better for him or his family but it is hard to imagine a more unlikely death as you say a sort of one in a billion chance you just think about how many thousands of cricket balls are bowled every single day around the world in in matches and in nets this is the first time it's ever happened. I mean, people do occasionally die playing cricket, but like you say, it tends to be about a, a pre-existing heart problem or something at lower levels of the game, um, at the elite level where everyone's you know an athlete essentially. It just doesn't happen. It's just an extraordinary piece of ill fortune, but and it probably shouldn't affect cricketers going forward because yeah, it's what 150 years of Test cricket and it's never happened before and you know, first-class cricket and everything else. I think I read one article which said that, uh, that a player in 1870 had died uh, a few days after being hit on the head. But uh, Yeah, I think that is true. That, that, that's right. And also um, uh, there was a player in the 70s, wasn't there, who got a New Zealand batsman who got hit by an English bowler and almost died. But that's in a pre-helmet era. In the helmet era, that's just never happened. If cricket were to sort of change fundamentally and people were to stop bowling bounces or people were to be worried about playing cricket, nervous about it, now that, it's a little bit like being nervous about getting on a train or something like that. Like, yes, there are accidents sometimes, but it's just so, you know, the chance of that is so infinitesimally small that you just can't let it, you know, stop you getting on a train. And it, it's a similar sort of thing, I would say. But I do understand why people can't not be feeling different about it at the moment. Did you read Jeffrey Boycott's article in The Telegraph? It was actually before he's died, but when he was in hospital. He was basically... It was basically a piece where he was arguing that helmets have been a bad thing for the game because helmets uh, lead to complacency. They make batsmen feel like they're safe. But like I said, I think that they are safe, basically. I mean... Phil Hughes was extraordinarily unlucky. But like Boycott was saying, it, it makes people batsmen feel like they're safe. They're always taking on the short ball. They end up getting hit on the head way more. But I don't really see how we can argue that the helmet isn't a good thing. Because, yeah, they get hit on the head more, but they don't get hurt, apart from in extremely rare instances. So for me, you know, Boycott kind of found a way to turn the Phil Hughes story into another article about what a good player he was. Because he was talking about how you know, he was he was glad that, you know, he felt he was lucky to have grown up in an era without helmets. So he learned the real technique and learned how to get out of the way and stuff. And I just thought that that was quite an ill-judged piece, actually, from Boycott. Yeah, it sounds like it. Although, as you say, if he wrote it, you know, before Phil Hughes passed away, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know, but yeah, I imagine he was probably one of those, one of the many, I would, I would predict, that, you know, didn't think it would end like 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes. Uh, I mean, you know, when I first heard about the incident, yeah, you know, was it Keith Vetter who got you know the ball come through the grill last summer? Got pretty badly smashed up in the face, but you know that's kind of that's almost as bad an incident as I can remember really. And when I first or heard about the Houston, I assumed that that's what had happened and it had gone through. But it, you know, in fact, it's a very different. You know, it struck a very different part of his of his head. Very, very strange. And then you get. The, the unbelievable coincidence of that Israeli umpire uh, this weekend. I, I don't know. There's not seems to be many details about that, and obviously a, uh, uh, a wicked coincidence, but but really strange. Was it? It was a match in Israel, wasn't it? And was it a throw from the fielder, or was it a shot from the batsman? Yeah, from what from what, I, from what I've read, it was a shot from the batsman which ricocheted off the top of the stumps and and, and struck him in the head uh, and it died on the same day and it, yeah bizarre really it is an unbelievable coincidence and that is obviously extremely sad as well I mean it, like you say it will change cricket fundamentally because you know I always, I remember being always feeling quite apprehensive as a bowler I mean it probably didn't help that you know the batsmen weren't afraid to go after my bowling but I remember you know as a bowler feeling at times when, it, when there was particular batsmen that I was bowling to that, that were you know very powerful and looking to come down the ground or whatever you do think I'm not sure that I feel 100% safe here because you know when you're kind of following through in your action uh, if the batsman just smacks it straight back at you I remember thinking well that really is going to actually do some damage yeah uh, oh, I mean quite worrying really because yeah as you say when you, you've got that forward momentum you it's very, you're literally you can't do a lot, really, an awful lot, can you, to, to get out of the way sometimes? No, I know. I mean, the, well, I remember yeah. one. I remember one time when I was about seventeen or something. I think you were captaining the team at the time, uh, where yeah, someone smacked it back at me, and I just got my hand up in front of my face in time. But I, I had for the rest of the summer, I had a bruise on my hand, shaped exactly like a cricket ball, including the seam. The bruise had a seam in it. The cricket ball is very hard, and, and a lot of people don't want to play cricket because they're worried about that, and they don't like that the ball is so hard. And, and in some ways, it is bonkers. But like I say, nonetheless, this has never happened before, really, not in the helmet era. So it was just a, a freak incident. I mean, how Sean Abbott must be feeling, I have no idea. This is the, the bowler who delivered the ball, of course. It's a strange one because people people keep saying oh, you know, you read in the media, everyone's saying, oh, he'll blame himself, he'll blame himself, like, I hope he doesn't blame himself, he shouldn't blame himself for what happened. And obviously he shouldn't blame himself, and I hope he doesn't blame himself. But if he doesn't blame himself, 
people will sort of think there's something wrong with him, won't they? I mean, if 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 he just turns up for the next game and is just sort of saying, yeah, I'm I'm fine, let's get on with it, won't people think he's you know somehow you know not grasped what happened? Do you yeah, understand what I'm saying? I mean, I, he shouldn't blame himself because it's not his fault, but. You know, if if he is fine with it, that people will think that there's something strange. Yeah, I mean, just a, a, an impossible situation. Exactly. For him, uh, yeah, I mean, huge amount of sympathy for him as well because that's his career as well. And if he, uh, yeah, it, it is a pretty good chance you'd imagine that uh, he won't want anything to do with it now. But I don't know. The first test between Australia and India was supposed to start this coming Thursday. It's been postponed. At the moment, we're not sure when or if it will be played. I mean, that's understandable, isn't it? You saw Michael Clark's press conference where he read out a statement and he was just, you know, he was in tears the whole time and struggling to keep himself together, and understandably so. It, it wouldn't be the right thing to play a test match at the moment, would it? No, no, definitely not. But, I mean, you wonder as well, the next time Australia step out, exactly how, how they'll be. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, and as you say, what will happen? Will Mitchell Johnson be steaming in, you know, banging it in short? I don't know. I mean, I think Michael Clark has conducted himself really well, actually. I mean, it's, it, that's a bit of a weird thing to say in some ways, but, you know, a, a lot of those Australian players, particularly the younger guys around the side, are going to need a leader at the moment, and Michael Clark is a leader. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's a lot of respect for him, and he, yeah, like you say, he has. He's spoken very well. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, hugely difficult for him as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, there was a nice piece because it would have been Phil Hughes' birthday today on the Sunday. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've read the, the Clark's piece in one of the Australian papers. Yeah, so well, worth reading. I mean, it's hard to kind of give a review of an article, you know, a piece like that. So I just mm. just read it really. Just read the and just read his article. Yeah, I mean, eventually cricket will resume because it has to. I mean, it has already resumed in other parts of the world. Um, you know, we've seen Brendan McCullum bludgeoning a century, a, a double century rather, in in the UAE. We've seen England losing comically to Sri Lanka, um, and you know, it will resume eventually. Australia will play cricket again. You know, and people will move on. I mean, I've been thinking about it pretty constantly this week, but eventually, I'll start thinking about something else because it's a sad fact of human existence that that is what happens. But you sort of you you suggested earlier that you think things will fundamentally change in cricket going forward. I mean, what what do you think is going to change? Is it will, it, will the will the way people bowl change? Will will the sledging cool down a bit? I mean, what's what do you think? Yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say that that will you know anything like that would last forever. But I just, I can't see that people. I can't see players at least in the short short kind of midterm. Yeah, be it being as hostile as perhaps they've allowed themselves to get at times. Sport, one of the beauties of sport is that yeah, you know, a lot of the time when you're you're playing whatever sport it is, you're not really thinking. Uh, you know, you don't think about anything. It's kind of you know you 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 move beyond any kind of conscious thought. Yeah, no, do, absolutely. Do yeah. what you do. So you know, people will probably just just do what they've done. You know, have always done, and and you know, at times things will get you know things get heated. Think you know, situations become heightened but but then yeah. but then I think cricket's a little bit different in that respect because we've talked about this before in terms of like why bowlers get the yips and things because there well, is yeah, I was going to say there's a lot of time that, yeah there's a lot of time in a cricket match to pause and think about what's going on exactly. and yeah, it's it's hard to imagine that Phil Hughes isn't going to pop up in people's minds pretty often yeah it's not like football where you can just be in the zone 
and you're not thinking about anything at all. You're just kind of operating almost on instinct. I mean, it is a really interesting thing, actually, the zone in sport. But cricket isn't really like that. And as a bowler, if you're, you, you know, you're walking back to your mark and you're thinking about the next delivery you're going to bowl, you're running up, you're thinking about the delivery you're going to bowl, are you going to be prepared to bowl a short delivery? It's not like you just kind of react and bowl a short delivery. You actually have to decide to do it. And I, I don't know whether people will be that keen to going forward. I have to say, I, I haven't seen any of the, uh, the Pakistan-New Zealand test, which I, you know, I guess is the, the, probably the, the, the one major... Uh, piece of cricket action that's been happening this week but I mean did, did you see any of it what, how, how did well it's a bit well it's not a great um, example necessarily though because it is, it's in, yeah, it's it's in Sharjah and the you know people probably wouldn't be trying to bowl that short anyway And but I think you know there have been short deliveries bowled but they're only getting up to sort of chest height at best it, it's not really a good test case it'll be interesting to see what happens in Australia you know in the ashes next summer like I'm sure, like as I say, people eventually will move on. Certainly, as fans will move on. But whether the Australian team, particularly, are able to move on in the in the medium term, you know, I, I'm I'm not sure. So yeah, I think you're right. I think things have changed. Cricket is different now to what, how it was a week ago. This is Mark Craig uh, speaking after the match, saying big turnaround for the first test. It was nice. Didn't really think it was hard being out there playing. Boys just tried to stick together and wickets just happened, not thinking about bowling and just letting the ball go was a big help. And you, yeah, you wonder if that's how things are going to be for a little while. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, that actually was a, that was a great win for New Zealand. But like I say, this cricket has been put into perspective. And you know, normally we'd be talking about that series in great depth and talking about what a fantastic victory for New Zealand and a drawn series there. But it, it just doesn't really seem like it matters very much at the moment. Do you want to just mention about you know Phil Hughes on the pitch? It's nice to have a look back at some of some of Phil Hughes's playing because he was you know well uh, you know against England sometimes he struggled but he did have some phenomenal phenomenal knocks. And so when you posted the, the video of that of, you know the famous what well, record breaking test for him where he scored two hundreds. Yeah, back in two thousand and nine against South Africa, and Ricky Ponting described that series win as his his favourite ever victory. And yeah, that uh, Phil Hughes was absolutely instrumental in in pulling that off because yeah those twin hundreds and um, really kind of fired them to the win there I mean he he never quite um, delivered on his potential after that or you know he, he never lived up to to that again but there was quite a good article on Crick Info you know an obituary for him that sort of said the thing about it is that everyone always thought he had so much time he was still only 25 he would have been 26 today and I think everyone did expect that you know eventually he would cement himself in the team and would eventually become, you know, a, a, a world-class Test batsman. And you know, it is a, a really tragic part of this tragedy is that he never got to do that. Okay, Tony. Well, I'm I'm, I'm going to bring the show to an end there. Um, it's obviously been a a, a, a different episode this week. Uh, I'm not sure we were really planning on doing one at all. Uh, hence why we're on Skype. But we did just want to say something about Phil Hughes. Apologies to listeners, actually, for the the lack of podcasts in recent weeks. Yeah, uh, it's been it's been a busy few weeks, but we, uh, we'll be back on it. We will, yeah. I mean, we're we're going to be uh, there's lots of cricket uh, that will be happening over the winter. Obviously, we'll obviously be talking more about Phil Hughes and the the aftermath of that and the way that things move forward in the weeks to come. So that's about it. I think. I mean, normally at this point, I'd tell you to go and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and stuff. So do that, uh, and we'll be back. 
uh, next week in the studio. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Tone. Well, stay in school, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Hug someone you love. Bye bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.